Hello, welcome to Josh and Alex do Tinseltown. I'm Alex. And I'm Josh. And this is our first episode, and so we want to introduce ourselves. And like I said, I'm Alex. And, and I'm Josh. <laughs> so we are introducing ourselves for this episode zero podcast, The Trial Run. And I think the best way to introduce myself in terms of my tastes is I severely dislike horror films, but I like everything else. So I tend to run the gamut from early silence, you know, FW Murnau, guys like that, the legends, all the way from that up until, let's say, about, I think you can reasonably cut things off with about Avatar, let's say, 2009. After that, I've been under the assumption that cinema, if not dead, it's on its way. It's on life support. So I find a lot of modern movies not the best, but that's part of this project. It gives me a reason to watch them, give me a reason to think about them, and to compare them, contrast them, to the good stuff, which they technically don't make anymore. That's a fair point, okay. But you also like Zack Snyder. Who doesn't? Who, uh, fair enough, okay. So that was a great introduction. Thank you, Josh. And I am Alex. I have been raised on movies since I was a child. I would say my first movie experience was probably Star Wars on the big VHS set. Um, so there we go. So my movies stem from Star Wars to all science fiction. I can't really say there's a movie genre that I dislike. I kind of like all of them, even foreign films. Um, so I'm open to everything. I don't think cinema is dead. There are some good ones out there still. A few. The independent ones. No. Yes. <laughs> They're out there. They're trying their best. They still believe in I Tinseltown. Mean, don't, don't get me... Yes. Don't get me wrong. The Koreans believe in Tinseltown. Yes. The French true. believe in Tinseltown. Mm. The pe- the denizens of Tinseltown, mm, mm. they don't have much belief left. Fair enough. Yes. It is very plastic now. But that's... We're going to stop that right there because that's a whole different discussion right. than what yes. we want to do today. We get down to episode one. Yes. <laughs> Um, so today we want to talk about the big news, the Snyder. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It just came out. People are excited and they are talking about it and so are we. It, you could say this is the Michael Cimino's Heaven's Gate of superhero movies in the sense that it is truly, let's say, gargantuan. Mm. in literally every single way this thing is absolutely wild for what it actually is i wasn't prepared for how long it was uh i didn't even know it was coming out because i have a a phobia not really a phobia but a very much dislike for dc movies see i this is the only film going back to perhaps creed 2 where i have been anticipating the release not because I'm a big superhero fan or anything of that nature. I'm a big Zack Snyder fan, but I wish he'd tackled, you know, interesting material instead. But it's the one film that has, like, hype going into it. This has been slowly building for, like, two years, mm. at least. 2017. Wow. Yeah. So it's been building for some time. Yeah. And then as the momentum built, we had these trailers that he's dropping. He's... He knows what he's doing. He's putting out slow motion trailers set to Hallelujah. 
He has Jared Leto's Joker saying we live in a society. He's following the memes. He's following everything. He built the hype well. Mm. And then it came out on the 18th, March yeah. 18th. Yep. One day before Disney Plus got the Falcon and the B-team of Captain America. So they got ahead of that garbage. And let's say it is something of a bomb dropped into cinema. Not bomb in terms of quality. Sorry, I should have used a different term. A little bit Robert (laughs) Christgau there. I meant bomb as an explosive, large, Moab type stuff. Mm. Um, So what did you think? For a person that has never seen any of the new DC movies, like I legit have not seen anything since Christopher Nolan's Batman. That's the only one that I watched. Please don't make that face. Sorry. <laughs> for those for those unable to witness this, the emoji of the guy with like the wide mouth teeth together, literally, the grimace, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Literally just did that face. Yeah. Uh, so that was my last experience with Batman. And I will have to say that I was kind of comparing those two when I was watching this movie. But I had to remember... It's a different, different canon, different story, different person completely. And I'll have to say, I kind of enjoyed it. Kind of Not is good. Not fully enjoyed it, but I kind of enjoyed it. Kind of is good. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give it, I'll give it a round of applause. Okay. Yes. There okay. we go. Hmm. What did you think as a Snyder fan? So this is a bit of a contradictory mm. movie in the sense of, on one hand... It's almost a magnum opus. It's very grand in literally every single sense. On the other hand, it is a mess. It's a total mess. Because a thing which I feel is pretty obvious when you look at the runtime of it is that, you know, they talk about this as the Snyder cut. Nothing was cut from this. This is absolutely every single frame (laughs) he filmed. Yes. Originally in 2016, I guess, when it was first filmed, with that little bit of tinkering towards the Mm. end to make things more cohesive. Mm. So because of that, it really lacks a... I mean, I wouldn't say it lacks momentum. It's very propulsive. It's probably the shortest four-hour movie you'll ever watch. But at the same time, it doesn't really, like, build properly because it kind of stops and it starts and you get this bit of a storyline, that bit of a storyline. You know, I really... I don't say I appreciate, but I think it's quite very Snyder-esque that he doesn't seem to understand how to put an ensemble together. Mm. It's simply the same storyline applied to like six different people. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Um, so I liked those slow moments I think you're talking about. I think those are my favorite moments. So what what are you... So like some of the slow moments to me were when Barry the Flash was like visiting his father, like that kind of oh, broke no, no, away. No. no, no, you're not talking about when I, those. When I, I mean more of when they do the exposition to kind of explain what the mother box is, to explain uh, yeah. what this yes, is. Explain. Yeah. Because a lot of it is so high concept. You can't mm. just be like, okay, the mother box is this, like GameCube that mm. does all sorts. You know, you can't really leave it at that. But then when you're like two hours deep into a movie and you're still getting explainers of who Darkseid is, mm. who Steppenwolf is, mm. it's a little much, especially when, you know, you didn't watch the ones that came before it, but you have stuff in Man of Steel, you have stuff in Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman as well, kind of setting all these things up. Right. You shouldn't have to do this again. However, that is the nature of comic books where you cannot leave anybody out. No, you can't. Because you have to trick them into paying like $5 for like... 20 pages of drawings, so you need this storytelling mm. 
mode. Yeah. Even though when it's applied to cinema, it gets quite annoying pretty quickly. Fair enough. And then, since, again, still have no really big background, so the mother box is mentioned in the other DC movies, or...? I believe it's more to do with teasing what Steppenwolf is doing Mm. with his invasion. Like, I assume the mother box, it is featured in Batman v Superman, Mm -hmm. but you could have explained it easier than this whole backstory of, like, attacking Earth thousands of years ago with Ares and Jupiter and whatever, fighting. I thought that part was cool. So that's the, this is why I like Snyder in the sense of the content of that mm. is very tedious, but the way he does it with so much gusto right. makes it really compelling. You know, he is very, he gets comic books better than most because he understands it's all to do with the image, all to do with like these big, huge guys fighting in these incredibly dangerous situations. Yeah. So when you have a situation like the, the early scene where... Steppenwolf goes to get the mother box from the Amazons. Mm. Like, that scene is so well staged. Yeah, that is was. such an incredible scene. Even though, when you consider in the grand scheme of things, the whole four hour cut, you don't need all of that. No. And no. then you don't need him doing it again when he goes after the next mother exactly. box. And you don't need then the explanation of the yes. mother box. You don't need the flashback where he's doing the same thing thousands of mm. years ago. Yet, each time it's very compelling because of how Snyder Does stages it. Everything. Yeah. Yes. And um, that whole scene that with the when Dark Side came the first time a thousand years ago, mm-hmm. I thought that scene was very much like Three Hundred. Yes, I just immediately thought of Three Hundred when Ares was stretching out the lightning and about to shoot. I was like, Ah, oh, yes. It classic. made me almost wish that he had done the Wonder Woman movie because then you would have got like all female Three Hundred. Mm, yeah, and that would be very much badass and significantly better than what we got. Yes, which was which was horrible garbage. Sorry. Anybody that likes that, but that was horrible. You deserve it. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's garbage. It's garbage. You, it's you, garbage. You must know it. It's now. done. Uh, so where do you want to start with the movie? Like, do you want to... I mean, that's the thing. It's such a vast project. Yeah. Uh... I, I think that the one place to start, which to me is the the thing I like the most, mm-hmm. is just simply the fact it exists. And I know that that's quite a, quite a vague... That's a vague thing to say. Very vague, yeah. But if you... But like... If you think about it, one of the reasons why I say cinema is basically finished mm-hmm. is we live in an era where the auteur basically does nothing anymore. Like, you, you can see that in the other... You think in the Marvel films, there's a reason why people talk about what Kevin Feige is planning to do next compared to, oh, here's what Ryan Coogler did with Black Panther. It, mm. it ultimately doesn't matter in those films. No. So I really appreciate that what happened here is the corporation took the project away from mm-hmm. Zack Snyder. Mm. And then he, via the internet's hashtag release the Snyder Cut, obviously built some kind of momentum. It did. And then he got it back and he took every single penny Warner Brothers were willing to give him. Rumors of 60 million are apparently just rumors and it's a lot more than that. He took it and he imposed his will on this project. There is nothing in this which is not to his taste. Obviously, I think it's too big. And I think that what's happened is the momentum of release the Snyder Cut meant people wanted to see everything he did, warts and all. To me, this is like an ultimate cut that should have been released later on, perhaps. Mm. You know, if they would have, like, streamlined it a little bit. Let's say streamlined it to three hours. Right. And then focus on the main conflict and then leave the other stuff to a you know an extended version or something. would have been better. But in general, 
this is just a, a work of like complete vindication. This is mm, the Otter is. is back. <laughs> he's he's excised all the garbage material from Joss Whedon. We also, by virtue of that, now have the what Whedon does, what Snyder does, mm. and we can see one is significantly better Very, than the other. Yes, because I didn't see the first one, so I watched a clip of the opening yeah, scene. Yeah, you watched those clips. On YouTube, and wow. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's really different, um, and I'm very happy that Zack Snyder got his paws back on it and... Yeah, saved gave it. it yeah, yeah, and gave it back to us. Yeah, resuscitated it. Yes. Yeah. So I'm very happy, because I mean, on top of that, I mean, let's just extend it a little bit further. Not just as an auteur. Zack Snyder seems like a very nice man. He does. He's got a nice face. He's got like a, oh yeah, I can buy you a drink and we'll just sit around kind of face. He is, he left the project because of the suicide of his daughter. And then that's why it's for Autumn at the end. For Autumn's I don't know. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't look that up. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So he's a very nice man. Went through a lot of heartache, a lot of Mm. problems and then came back and took it over. Mm. And it's just nice to see someone do well a nice person do well you know we live yeah. in a, we live in an era where it's like okay this person racist usually right Very something bad news all the time. yeah then they get cut from a movie they don't come back they get excised for a while mm. the hashtag it's, canceled stuff going on yeah so it's nice stupid, to yeah. see the opposite take place of someone who is very nice mm. has spent a long time building his career has his own particular vibe in an era when a lot of people don't and he gets his wish, and he gets to make essentially his dream project almost. You know, it's it's nice. It is nice. So going back to something that you said earlier about the time, you said should probably have like a couple more years under its belt before it was released. I think now is the perfect time because people back home are still stuck at home. Yes. So I think this is the perfect thing to just like say, oh, we have a four-hour thing to watch now. Yeah. So Particularly for HBO Max, which mm, needs the customers. Yes, because all of the streaming things are opening now. And this is just like the perfect, here we go, HBO. Yeah. So that's great. And there's so many things being released on HBO now. But um, my favorite part, because you said your favorite part of the movie. So my favorite part of the movie are the small moments. I really, really enjoyed the small moments. Um like I said earlier with um, Barry visiting his father, I love Ezra Miller. And that was like, he's so perfect for that role. And seeing him communicate with his dad was really sweet. And um, Cyborg, Cyborg was my his, dude. His whole arc yeah. is so good. So good. And that scene when um, he was going back in his memories and thinking about the football game and his mm. mom's death, that scene was so beautiful. Yeah. And then the music was also great. See, people people forget that Snyder is great at these, like, small, poignant moments. Mm. I mean, I am not afraid to admit that I have cried every one of his movies I've seen so far. Because, for example, you had... Yeah, including this one, of, of course. Um, you know, a bit which really stuck with me is in Batman v Superman. Mm. It's this big movie where you have these two power, superpowered guys just beating the life out of each other. But the bit which sticks with me is the bit where we see Superman flying up to the Fortress of Solitude and he's walking through, like, it looks like Iceland or somewhere very cold, let's say. And he's talking to his dad, who we know is dead. And then you have the two shots of them walking together and then his dad, Kevin Costner, says, 
I miss you, son. And then it cuts back and he's not there. And Superman just looks up and says, I miss you, dad. And that really, Aww. like, you know, you have Superman, he's the most powerful being on Earth. And yet he still has this, you know, it became a meme because it was pretty poorly structured. But the whole stuff with, like, Martha is one of the, probably the most generally powerful, generally human moments within superhero cinema. Because you have these two guys, Superman, this alien, a god on Earth. Mm. Batman, this just miserable wrecking machine, and the thing that unites them is the death of their mothers. Yeah. Like, it's a really powerful, it humanizing is. moment. Even though I know I laughed at it when it first came out as well. See, so, uh, But I it, under, I like, I understand it, but it's still kind of funny. But why is it, why? Let, let's get, let's break it down. This is what, <laughs> this is what the podcast is for. <laughs> to me, that scene is clunky, mm. because you don't talk about your mother by her first name. Yeah, you don't, yeah. Particularly when it's like, save just this person. Exactly. So it's it's poorly written, but the emotion behind it is very... Oh, yeah, I know, because serious. they save, they, both of their moms have the same name, apparently, and save Martha, he's like, what? Oh, I can do it again, I can save my... Like, exactly, it's very yeah, humanizing. Exactly, but... It's very redemptive. Which I think, I think is a thing which people need to realize is... Uh, Zack Snyder is a Christian scientist and the theme of redemption of faith of mm. this kind of thing runs very heavily through his work you know it, it, it's it's that kind of earnestness I think people people are afraid of that kind of earnestness yeah. when it comes to spectacle movies like this but I think it's what gives him the edge over his contemporaries yeah you get more of that in books I think you should get more of that away from cinema. You, you get it in movies by guys like Robert Bresson and people like that. Not the kind of people who would make or watch or enjoy a film like this. Right, yes, exactly. But that's why we have this lovely man making the movies for yes. us. Oh, speaking of the cyborg scene, mm-hmm. Junkie XL. Yeah. I was, because I wrote a note, I forgot which scene it was. But there was some, like, there was a lot of action. I think it was, like, later on in the movie. It's a long movie, everyone. Um, and I was just thinking, I feel like I'm watching Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I, like, because of the swelling, because the same kind of um, soundtrack, because, of course, it's by the same person. And the scene of um, Mad Max, my favorite scene, when they're going through the sandstorm. Mm-hmm. And the music is just, because you get the, the, the guitars, dun 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 and then... What? this orchestra just kind of like breaks out and the same thing happened in this one and it was great yeah I, I really appreciate him having uh, Junkie XL Tom Hulkenborg I believe his yes. real name is yes. yes yes yeah I appreciate him having him on this because I feel like a lot of movie scores these days are very similar so getting someone who didn't start off making scores but mm. have made you know European house music you probably know him best for the Elvis Presley less conversation remix he did you know having that kind of someone from the outside i guess looking in Mm. gives a different flavor to the soundtrack which again as more to this film's uniqueness i mean you know i've seen most of the early marvel movies i tapped out after avengers i couldn't i couldn't tolerate any more of that it's okay i could not hum or think of a single piece of music from those movies I'm trying to think now, and I'm thinking of the theme, and I it's not coming to my head. So it's nice <laughs> that you have this kind of epic grandeur from Tom Hulkenborg that you just don't get from... Who is it? Who does... Is Alan Silvestri? Who does the Marvel movies? Then it rings a bell, but I'm not 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's very much not his best work, let's let's be mm. honest. The, the brains behind Back to the Future, which everyone knows, and then he's doing who knows for... Who knows what... 
but with um, Junkie mm-hmm. XL, he used to he was working with Hans Zimmer, mm-hmm. the Zimmerman, yeah. for um, to get some kind of inspiration and some kind of mentorship with making movie scores, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of tell, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. There's a little bit of Zimmer still in there, um, so that's that's pretty cool because Hans Zimmer is my favorite movie composer. I'm doing the face again. again. So I'm doing the face again because <laughs> the thing with Zimmer is it's like every five or ten years he really knocks out the park. Yeah. Then in between, Interstellar. It's in between. It's just a bit like the, he he repeats himself. Yeah, that's he, a, yeah. You know, like for me, you have stuff like uh, Crimson Tide, which after that was the exact same soundtrack up until mm. about the time he did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Then it was kind of the exact same soundtrack. Yep. Uh, yep. Until, there's, a, there's a little loop. Yeah, yeah, so he kind of finds and then something Inception, goes, yeah. that changed it. And then you had the Dark Knight... Uh, the Dark Knight? Yeah, Dark Knight soundtrack. Because he wasn't working... I don't think he did the... He worked with somebody else for the Batman Begins one. It was it Klaus Badelt. That's he's he's typically he's typically his understudy on a lot of things. So I don't I don't know who it was, but he didn't do the time. I don't even know that guy's <laughs> name. I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't. Where'd you get that name from? Uh, he so he did the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, working as the understudy, oh. and then I believe based on that he became known for doing other things with the same sort of soundtrack. Oh, okay. There's one song on a Call of Duty soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is just Pirates of the Caribbean, but done in a more military style. Right, fair and enough. And I believe it's our friend Klaus who jumped from project uh, to project. Okay. But yeah, going because that again. If we talk about Zimmer, that's, again, a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I know that they got the Elfman to do yeah. the 2017 version. And I heard a song and I was like, am I watching the 90s? Yeah. Is this what I'm, is this what's happening now? But So I'm happy they changed that for this one. And again, thank you, Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Dark Side mm-hmm. is back. I he guess. wasn't in the first one. That's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the idea, I believe, is they introduce Steppenwolf mm. and then tease, like, the next guy, and the next guy, I guess, would will be, would be Darkseid, depending what happens next. Yeah, so, because I know, because I watched, I did my research, so <laughs> I know Darkseid is just mentioned Yeah. in the first one. He's like, for Darkseid, and mm. that's pretty much it. And now we actually get to see him. Yeah. So, and that's, and going on off of that, Steppenwolf's, transformation is dope yeah it is so dope like i saw it i was like oh the just like what if what what if like a human being was made out of knives is kind of the gist of (laughs) moving knives like just moving knives the entire time and i i would love to say that that was that was amazing yeah that was really really cool there's a lot of very cool design elements in this Mm. for a long time I have enjoyed the concept of the black suit Superman. So seeing him whip that out, like yes. old school, like NWO yes. Superman. So good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why we can't have dark Superman. Yeah. He's not happy-go-lucky all the time. We need to know this. He's a sad soul. I Well, again, when we're talking about um, Batman v Superman, a mm. scene which stuck with me, not just tearfully with yes. Kevin Costner, mm. but also... The Superman rescue montage from early on in that film, it's one of the few times where you get kind of a spine-tingling feeling of, like, this guy is, so, you know, to go on to, go back even further. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, We're going back. I, I, miss, the, I miss the actual build-up to this. Um, in Man of Steel, they use a title card, which I believe is something like 
uh, Earth discovers the Superman. Mm. And the fact they refer to him as the Superman. The Superman. It kind of puts him on a higher echelon than just being Superman. And then you have this rescue montage of him, like, saving people on floods and things like that. And there's a real sense of grandeur to it, mm. which you don't get from other superhero movies. No. Even, you know, what would you say is, like, the Marvel equivalent of Superman? Is Iron Man. One? Iron Man. Like, yeah. he's, you don't get it from that at all. Or I would say Thor because he has a cape. I guess. Does yeah. he fly as well? He does. Well, well kind of. <laughs> kind of. But yeah, I cannot. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. You really, you don't get that in Marvel movies. Yeah. Because it's, it's Marvel. It's a bit more. It's TV. It's TV at the movies. I, I love Marvel movies. I think they're great. Mm. Okay. All right. Fine. That's okay. Moving on. To <laughs> moving, our, move on to our next topic. Moving on. Uh, least favorite part of the movie. Wonder Woman. Is that because Gal Gadot is awful? No, there's there's that. You know, like I know her being Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman coming out, which is like, oh yeah, girl power. I get that. I just I like. I really liked her scene at the start where she saves those kids. Oh, from... that was an annoying scene to me. Why was? Because the the sound, the soundtrack for that scene is just so questionable. I love Junkie XL, but why why that music for that scene? I don't understand. Because every time she did something, mm-hmm. the music was just like, wow. Yeah. Well, that's 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 not him. Who was? Because that's Hans Zimmer. Because that's the music from the Wonder Woman film. It has, it has, no. Yeah. It has her, oh. her own particular little, like the guitar riff thing. Yeah. It's just her, her tune from the Oh, that movies. was horrible. Yeah. It, it doesn't fit with the rest of the soundtrack. It doesn't. It because was... she's the only one I think I was like unique. Yeah, music. I was thinking, I'm like, the Cyborg doesn't have yeah. any music. Flash's music would be super cool if he had one. Yeah. Batman doesn't have any, like, just Wonder Woman. And I was just very confused. I'm like, because that happening made it seem like she was the focus of the movie. Yeah. And she isn't. Yeah. Even though she did warn everybody that, you know, shit was going to hit the fan. But Mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah. So it was a little bit confusing and just, like, off-putting for me. Because my ears were like, oh, don't like it. So that was my least favorite part. See, I'd probably say my least favorite. I don't know, because to me, least favorite, it's more to do with the repetition of exposition that we get. Right. There's a lot of explaining that happens. Mm. So it's not, like, condensed to one area. It just felt like, you know... We have a four-hour movie. I would estimate up until... Is it chapter five, All the King's Horses? When e... they bring Superman back? Yeah, yeah. It felt like we had a really long act one. Oh, yeah. So what? Like up until then, I was getting a little restless of like, we know where this is going. Mm, Get the mm, big lad back mm. out. You know, that's what we're after. Exactly. So I got a little restless towards the middle. I got restless at the end in the final fight scene. Why? I felt that was very long. It was, but the thing is, by that point, it was like all the chips were down. It's on. However, the issue I had with that is we are at the point now where every superhero movie ends with a team of whatever fighting a much larger team of like flying robots, mm. flying aliens. But there was only one, really. Well, no, he had those little like, creepy... I know, but like Batman was pretty much fighting him off yes, by yes. himself, and there was like a little bit of flash. Yeah, with like that gun from Aquaman. Halo, like the Covenant yeah. rifle <laughs> that he had. Yeah, like that was, that was really... That was, that was a fun scene. Yeah. Yeah, because at that time, I'm like, okay, well, we know it's going to happen. We mm. know that you guys are going to defeat him, but also at the same time... So, 
not to cut you off, yeah, but, but she... I was very pleased that they did defeat him in one of the most definitive <laughs> oh, endings yeah. characters had oh, in a long time. Just sliced his head off. Because me. throughout the film, no matter what happens, whether he gets the box or not, whether he wins the fight or not, mm. Steppenwolf gets the boom tube and disappears. Yep. I was so expecting him to get his ass kicked and then boom, boom tube, there go back go. and Darkseid would be like, you know, you failed me one last yeah. time. Instead, I believe he gets... Superman hits him with like a left straight. Yep. As he flies in the air, who gets him next? Wonder Woman. No, she she decapitates, decapitates him. Decapitates him, sends him flying through the through quote the, unquote boom the, tube. Yeah. <laughs> Dark side's like, well, um, I knew you'd fail me. And then so, just stands on his head. Smashes his head. Yeah. No, like the disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So much disrespect. That isn't just a loss. That's like... It's just so sad. (laughs) Yeah. Steppenwolf, so sorry, dude. Because the thing is, up until then, I mean, I'm going back to the Marvel films, Mm. but it's like, and I'm going way back because I haven't seen a lot of the new ones, but you have, for example, um, Red Skull in the first Captain America. Worst character ever. Who, he just disappears because you know he's coming back. But then he comes back Um, later. Sort of. It's not Hugo Weaving. He doesn't like doing that. Oh, that's, that's um, understandable. And then you have, like, who who else at this film is so forgettable? So, um, like, villains yeah. from Marvel films? Well, most of the time you have... Well, the big one is Thanos, obviously. Yeah. And he had his big finale. But even then, it's like, well, there are ways they could bring them all back. That's what they That's what they kind of do all the time. They do, they do it with Loki. They do it with... If you're going to talk to about Marvel, Marvel Loki's in a different universe. No, because they killed him off in the first one, and then they just put him in the prison, and oh, Loki's back, and he's nice now. Well, yeah, there's also, yeah, there's, okay, there's that. There's, like, a different timeline as well, because did you see Infinity Wars? Thankfully, no. Okay, so, yeah, there's wait, a whole... Wait, 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 which one was the, was it Infinity War? No, Endgame, Endgame, Endgame sorry. I saw Infinity Endgame. War and was like, you know what? You're done. Because even then, it's like, okay, at the end, Thanos gets the glove. Yeah, the gauntlet. yeah. He clicks his fingers. Mm. And isn't that people die or whatever? Half of the population gets erased. No, half the blow away in the wind. Because <laughs> the reason why that's important is the way you see the particles go. Yeah. Your mind immediately goes, okay, because they're just going to blow them all back in the next film. Ooh, is yeah. that what happened? They didn't really blow back. They just kind of appeared. Right. They ran out of money. <laughs> so it, it's 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 really nice to see a villain who gets his head kicked in and doesn't come back, who actually gets killed and pretty much is not coming back. Thanos did get his cut his head cut off at one part, and then what happened? And then he came back, mm. but still he had his head cut off as well. So don't you know give Marvel all the bad. Rep. See, that's why I really liked in Man of Steel. I liked the next snap. It's it's the most controversial moment, but mm. I really liked it because. A, it shows why Superman doesn't kill, because the moment he does it, he knows he's failed, and mm. he has a lot of guilt from it. So it isn't just, oh yeah, in the comics from 200 years ago, he... Not 100 years ago, I'm sorry. <laughs> they aren't that old. It's World War One. not... I was, I was getting the grandeur of this, the flashbacks to... There's, a, there's, a, lot, there's then, a lot yeah. going on, yeah. So, you know, the thing with Superman, it's like, yeah, he doesn't kill. And the reason why he doesn't kill is he doesn't kill in the comics. You say, why doesn't he kill in the comics? And like, well, that was a rule set up by Jerry Siegel in, like, mm. 1937. I prefer it when they set up the new canon to show us why he doesn't kill. Right, yeah. So having that established in Man of Steel, it helps when you get to this far down when now we understand the methodology behind Superman. However, also by killing off Zod, he can't just come back as just a second-rate guy like always happens in the other team's movies. Yes, yes the other team's movies. And just in general with comic books and 
Yeah, I, I yeah. can't. I can't read that garbage. I'm sorry. It's not. I, I, it's I, I, not I used, everybody's cup of tea. Thing is, I used to. I read them when I was younger. Okay. I was a big Marvel guy, big Spider-Man guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read X-Men for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what Great. else did I get into? I want to say I read Hellblazer for a while, which is DC, but you know that I think that's my mm. one DC. And then I recently tried getting back into comics, trying to be like, okay, well, you know, they are basing, they're making Justice League. Let's read Justice that's, League. Okay. I I feel like the way the the way comics run, <clears throat> I feel like the the concept of the multiverse is one of the stupidest things ever. It's it's why the new Spider-Man film is unwatchable. Because it removes any possibility of consequence. Spider-Man's dead. I know he's still alive. He's a pig and he's a woman and he's black at the same time. It's not, there's not really any of those things. Mary Jane's Are dead you? and she's alive. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, it just becomes in the present. It's always act one. It's always act two. None of these actions matter. Which is why I like the Snyderverse, going back to it. Yeah. Because when people die, they're fucking dead. <laughs> like, that, that's it. <laughs> They're you, gone. That's it. They it's have to. Back. They then they have to deal with it. Fair. Yeah. It 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 doesn't. It isn't like the other films where like mm. anything can kind of happen. Nothing matters. Let's shrug it off. Yeah. There is a definite ending to this movie. You're just kind of like okay. I and mean, just in general. Just to quickly go back to yeah. my dalliance with comic books. Mm. So I read Justice League and I didn't really like it. It was the um, Grant Morrison Justice League from the okay. late nineties. Because it felt like every story kind of built somewhere, and then if there's one or two episodes left, mm. like they don't kill the villain, he gets away. Oh look, twenty issues later, he's back. He doesn't get away, whatever. At the same time, I was looking for the alternative, and I started reading Judge Dread. Good. And I really enjoyed Judge Dread. Judge Dread is great because people do not come back. No. And. No. It's all one timeline, so people get older and consequences take place over a long period of time. And I would much prefer it if Marvel or DC would have, okay, this is Batman and this is our main story and the same thing happens. Whatever happens in... This one is not canon. Yeah, this one's not canon, that one's not canon. This is the main one and here's where our actual story takes place. If you want him to be made Superman, you can have that and a separate one, whatever. If they would have had like a serious mainline where Batman gets older, where the citizens of Gotham react to what he does instead mm. of just being playthings, you know. Like, oh, yeah, okay. That would be much better, and I suspect that's what Snyder is going for with his movies. Well, correct me if I am wrong, apparently this is his last so, DC movie? it's his last film on contract. Oh, okay. However, after all the rigmarole of getting this made yeah. and the fan outcry and stuff... Right. Surely they bring him back for yeah, Justice League Two because there's a new there's a new uh, hashtag, Snyderverse. Yes, Snyderverse is a new hashtag. Um, so I think it would be really dumb if they did not, especially because of that sensational epilogue. Yo, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we have to talk about the epilogue. That was that was amazing. That was amazing. Obviously, I'm not like super um, savvy on a lot of DC characters but i gotta say that was really cool i mean you don't have to be savvy on that what you have to be savvy on mad max going back to mad max with yes Jiggy that itself, was very much i'm watching this like desert batman yes. and i'm thinking to myself okay yeah all right this is what's just, going on this is mad max mm. with batman joker um cyborg cyborg uh 
a different uh, Flash in a different suit? Was yes, that? different Flash, different suit, and you also have Deathstroke in yes. there as well. And then Aquaman's girl, what's her? I'm... Mera? Mera, yeah. yes, there you go. And I'd just like to say, I am so out of step with comic books in general mm-hmm. that I remember they said uh, the ending will feature a cameo people won't believe. When Deathstroke came up onto the Lex Luthor's boat, mm-hmm. I was convinced that was Deadpool. Because he, he had the red suit and he had like the two things sticking out. That wasn't out his a back. red suit. That was orange and black. What color does Deadpool wear? Black and red. And this is orange and black. But it's just close uh, enough yeah, to be like no, a smile no, take. It's not at all. But you thought that was the big reveal. Yeah. Deathstroke was Deadpool. That's what I thought was mm. gonna be. But those are two different yeah. comic books. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know if they'd be like. <laughs> They put so much effort into it. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be like some mega crossover or something. Well, that was like, I guess it's the build up to the whole personal now fight between Deathstroke and, and Batman. Yeah. Even though I don't know why Deathstroke is just like, I got to get Batman. Yeah. Other than the fact that he is a villain and Batman's like the superhero. But Yeah. I wonder, was there anything, because I didn't see anything in um, Suicide Squad, which teased that sort of thing. I don't, I, yeah, I have no idea. But the big reveal is Jared Leto. Yeah. Was the Joker yeah. with his creepy laugh mm-hmm. and so much like glow up is the word because <laughs> Suicide Squad Joker was a joke. It was in, more, in more ways than one. In more in more ways than one, but um, bump, but it was it was bad. And this Joker was great. I love the Joker. Joker is one of my favorite DC characters because he's just so like there's he's an onion. There's so many layers to that character and it's so great and seeing the joker dressed as like a mujahideen with a small yeah, vest on like, yeah. that's quite a cool touch and like jared leto i think jared leto is a fantastic actor i know some people disagree with that but i think he is and seeing him do that again in a different way mm-hmm. and being able to, and it was given that chance to do yeah. it in a different way again was amazing yeah and i'm so happy between of that dialogue between batman and the Joker. And I loved the way it was shot with that narrow focus and yeah. it kind of going in and out. And it cuts back to Batman just glaring at mm, him with just like, like I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like it's it's really like it's snide as most intense. Mm, it was a bit it was a bit uneasy as well when the Joker was talking. He's like, But I'm your best friend. Yeah. You can't kill me. And it's like, Ooh, okay. All right, this is this is the Joker that I like. Mm. That's, I'm excited for that. Because the worst thing is, is all these films end with hooks for the sequel. But that's the one time when it hasn't just been a hook. It's been like, here is a whole, like, proof of concept mm-hmm. of this, like, amazing sequel, threequel, whatever comes next. Yes, exactly. If they don't follow up on it, I would be legitimately, like, disappointed. But this also goes into your whole thing with a different storyline. Because this is an alternate reality. To what? This is the apocalypse one. This is a different comic book story. To what? Or different to what? To the story, to the main story of Justice League. So if things didn't happen... No, because isn't it... um, So he's having these premonitions of the future. But isn't it, okay, he killed Steppenwolf. Darkseid says it's time to take the Armada to Earth. Is this not the future Earth where Darkseid arrives? See, that was not my interpretation of that. Because there is a different comic book story called Apocalypse. And there are different realities of what happens. Yes, but he's taking these inspirations from different places Ah, and turning them into his own So it's just to this... So this is the sequel. That's what I assumed. Okay, all right. It's part of, as as I as I believe he said in the New York Times interview, part of his his five-part trilogy. (laughs) Which... 
I don't know <laughs> if he does not understand, but a trilogy try. Yeah, in, mm, in three, three, yeah. You know. But, you know, to each his own. Yeah. Ah. So that was my take on it. Okay, see, I thought it was just, like, a nightmare, but I forgot he was having premonitions before he mentioned that. Mm. So I would be excited for that, because I do, like, when things don't go right for the superheroes. Which I think is important to see, because if they don't go through this kind of arduous stuff, mm. they aren't heroes. No, exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the reason why I basically switched off from Marvel is during the climax of Avengers, where they are just having a laugh. Like, you, you have, what's his name? The worst actor in all of it. Jeremy Renner. You have him, oh, doing, you have him doing like trick shots with his bow. Yeah. And it's like, if you were really that serious, you wouldn't just be like, hey, watch this. Yeah, you know? I, will, I will say, Marvel superheroes are not portrayed as well as they should be in then, the movies, because they are a lot darker in the comics. I would argue they barely seem super-powered, and yeah. they are heroic in no, any No, Yeah, I understand that, and I think that's something that Marvel does lack, and DC does have yes. a lot, because they do have a lot of darker, they're not afraid to go dark and show these dark sides. I mean, I don't think it necessarily has to be dark. Well, it just yeah, has not to dark, be... but like, not always happy like seeing what they've gone through you can't just laugh everything off yeah you can't just laugh everything off and i think that also goes through what a lot of people are saying online about cyborg and his story and like seeing how he was like you know the football star and then his mom dies and then he's like he has this father figure because he wasn't really like a father the entire time Mm -hmm. until the very very end um who's just a scientist who's just like this guy that created him again and i think that scene because they use his father's voice a lot in the yeah. background, um, which I thought was great. That was really, I, I really, like, I really, really enjoyed Cyborg's story and how that really pushed the movie. Yeah, that, that is very much the core of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. As somebody said, it is the heart of the movie. Yes. And it really is. Because it just shows his um, evolution of coming into terms as to who he is now and how to use what he's got and it's, it's strange how people always talk about Snyder being very grim but mm-hmm. his is this is I mean I'd say all of his films are optimistic but the nature of the cyborg storyline is the most optimistic thing he's he's ever done mm. in the sense that yeah he starts off as this football star then he comes back not even as like unable to be just a normal kid football star or whatever he is consistently supposed to be like a Frankenstein's mm-hmm. monster almost and then he sees the world around him being a bad place and he does little things to try and help but then he gets encouraged by Wonder Woman to join the team and Aquaman helps him along Yes, and then eventually he is integral to the Justice League he sees what they can do to help the world Right, and now he is I wouldn't say suddenly a positive figure but now he has hope for the future exactly yeah it's not because it isn't like a suddenly thing it is a very much of a build up it's it's a genuine arc from when he's introduced to the climax it's great and that's Another big difference from the Joss Whedon one, because well, he's basically not in it. He's not in it. Yeah, uh, which is sad because Cyborg is a really cool character. Because yeah. I remember watching Teen Titans, and Cyborg is great, even though that's like a more comic Cyborg. But like this one is, I I like this. Cyborg. All I remember from that is the theme song by Puffy Amiyumi. <laughs> Teen Titans was great. The new Teen Titans is really bad. I don't like it. it sh- they shouldn't have done that to us, but they did anyway. But Lex Luthor. Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? He was my favorite character in Batman v Superman. Ah. And 
I was very unhappy that he wasn't in any, like, the additional stuff. Apparently he wasn't in any of the reshoots or anything. Oh, really? Yeah, the stuff they used uh, on the boat and what have you was yeah. from 2016, 2017. Oh, yeah, because I think that was the cut... That was, like, the end credit scene yeah. from the 2017 one. Okay. So I would like to see more of him. I At the same time, like, there's so many characters in this. You don't really need one more. But I really liked his portrayal. Because the, the thing is, is he's one of the few genuine villains contemporary villains I'd say mm-hmm. in the sense that he is basically a Mark Zuckerberg type who ultimately lives in fear of Superman because he knows deep down yes I'm the smartest guy on earth but this guy will snap me in half if I look at him incorrectly yeah, so that's why that's what his villainy is based on so it's a real like modern take on the character and I really like it I was kind of iffy on it at first with Jesse Eisenberg being Lex Luthor when Superman first came out but now actually seeing him as Lex Luthor mm-hmm. I am I'm on, I'm on, I'm on with it, so. Does he need to be bald? Yeah. Because on the version I have, you can very clearly see the seam on the bald's <laughs> wig. No matter, how, no matter how much has been done to him. They need to get new makeup artists, yeah. apparently. Yeah, now that they're put, yeah, now that they are making these films in 4K, they desperately need a better wig for Ben Affleck, and they need a better bald cap for Jesse Eisenberg. I also think they need a better voice for Batman when he's Batman. I quite like how this is the first time where it's been just admitted it's like a distorter. Because yeah. like with the um, earlier versions, it was always just like he puts on a deeper voice when you can just tell like, oh yeah, this is just Val Kilmer doing a deeper voice. Yes, exactly. Whereas now it's, I don't know who this is. It's, it's almost in many ways like a cross between the Batman voice and the Bane voice from Dark Knight Rises put it into is. the one voice yeah. box. It is. I, I was. I was like, "Huh? Excuse me. Mm. What is? What is this voice? I don't. I don't care for it that much." But I also understand why it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Batman, the reveal of Batman was a bit meh to me at the beginning. In what sense? Um. So you had the. You had like the very beautiful opening sequence when Superman was dying and the whole cry was being yeah. heard around the world. Mm-hmm. That was amazing compared to the 2017 yeah. version. Um, so, and then it cuts to... Him goes like the, Iceland the caped, or whatever it was. Yeah, the caped men on the horse and the music was great. The cinematography was beautiful. And then just, the music just kind of stopped and was like, hey, I'm, I'm Batman. Yeah, I liked how, <laughs> I liked how he seemed incredibly hungover. Yeah, with, like, with the sunglasses on the, like, okay, the stubble. Cool, yeah. uh, and that like, cause that like that beginning sequence mm. did not hook me into the movie at all. When he just like went to Aquaman mm. first and it's like, oh well, uh, no, and they just took the money. Yeah, I would have preferred it if there was more drama behind the superhero saying no. Mm. Like I was expecting it to be. They all say no, then like a cataclysm happens and they all realize they have to get involved right. instead of just slowly being won around by Wonder Woman. Well, that's kind of what happens with the Avengers, because they all pretty much were like, nah. I don't recall. Thor only arrived because Loki is his brother, mm-hmm. and then you had Iron Man, who's Iron Man, who's like, nah, I'm Iron Man, I'm not going to do that. And then Captain America holds Cap. Of course he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So the bigger ones were not really there for it, but I think I wanted more... More at risk for them yeah. to be part of the team. It was just 
Like, okay, yeah, all right. Because the thing I was expecting is, I was expecting it to be Steppenwolf gets the mother boxes by kind of taking them out one by one. Mm. You know, he takes it from the Amazons because it's only the Amazons. He takes it from Cyborg because it's only him and his dad. Yeah. And then when he gets it all together and then we see, like, I don't know, the Chernobyl reactor it was in or whatever. Yeah. When they realize the stakes, that's when everyone teams up. That's what I was expecting and I kind of would have liked it to be more focused towards that. Mm. And I can't tell if that's an issue from the lack of cohesive edit right. or if that's just not the story he was telling. Probably a bit probably, of both. Yeah, probably a bit of both. Like, wanted everybody to be together, but also kind of pay more attention to the um, to the tension between the Amazons, the Amaz- Amazonians, did I they guess. call Amazonians, Amazonians yeah. and the Atlanteans. Mm. Because they did mention that a couple of yeah. times, and I think that them not being together, because you had Cyborg, Wonder Woman, and Batman, and then well, Superman is dead, but you yeah. had those four together, and the Flash. Then Wonder Woman said, Atlanteans, yeah. mm, we're you know we don't really get along, and I think that's why it took so long for Aquaman, yeah, to join. And I quite liked to run this again in comparison to the Marvel stuff, mm. how that seemed like legitimate tension rather than just like playful banter. Exactly, yeah. Because is Aquaman is he like a descendant from the gods as well as Wonder Woman is? Cause... Yeah, I believe he is. He has a human father. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Tamora Morrison in the movie. Okay. And his mother is Nicole Kidman, who was like the descendant of um, like the main Atlantean guy. Okay. Poseidon, is uh, it? Yes, Poseid- the... Poseidon. I would, uh, I would assume I mean, I it guess, would be I guess Poseidon. because it was like Zeus Greek, yeah, was in the... Yeah, they said in the Zeus, Ares, yeah. Poseidon. It would make so sense. I, it would make yeah. sense. So I believe he's a direct descendant, if not of Poseidon, of like the main lineage. Oh, okay. All right. I, I enjoyed that part. Mm. And Aquaman is very cool. I think he's a nice character. So what else is there? So we just touched on it briefly, but when Superman gets resurrected, oh. that fight scene is legitimately incredible. Yeah. It's to talk about everyone saying about the um, aspect ratio, the four by three aspect ratio, that scene to me justified it completely because Superman fights kind of on a level above everyone else. Mm. He's always like just levitating in, in a really menacing way, mm. shirtless and like black trousers. <laughs> <laughs> it almost reminded me of uh, what's that movie Chronicle? Have you seen Chronicle? No, I didn't see that. Oh, that's also like these kids get superpowers yeah. and one of them goes crazy and just kind of hovers over them, and that just reminded me of that yeah. so much. In that scene, Flash so excited to meet yeah. Superman for the first time. He's like, "That's my, that was my hero. That's my hero." And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh!" And it really shows the difference in the superheroes in the sense of Superman is just like levitating. He's very still. He moves in a straight line. Mm. The Flash is all just like energy, and yes. that's why he ends up like fucking up and falling over and yeah. things like that. But the scene when he's trying to save, I think Cyborg mm. at some point, and he's flashing around, and Superman just does that very slow turn. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and the fear in his eyes. I felt so sorry for yeah. him because how would you feel as a kid? Because the Flash is a kid. Yeah. He is a kid. You're you're a kid and your hero is about to just kick yeah. your ass, man. Oh, such a good scene. That was a really good scene. And Lois just came out. <gasps> yeah. See, that, that, that's the kind of simple, like, Snyder being earnest. Mm. The thing that can save Superman is the love of his girlfriend. Yeah, I, I, that kind of cringed at that, though. But I was like, okay, it's un- I guess it's necessary. Yeah. So, that's cool. I did like the union. The union was nice mm. with Lois. And then his mom came back. Yeah. She's like, oh, my son. Yeah. 
Um, that was a pretty scene because there was a butterfly and it was like life, the, the metamorphosis. That, that's the stuff that brings uh, tears to my eyes. <laughs> you big softy. Yeah. There was like the butterfly. I like that was nice. That was also a very beautiful scene. The landscapes in this movie, yeah, were wonderful. He has a really good eye for. I don't go so saying like location, but like the kind of mise en scène of it in the sense of yes it looks beautiful but like the way he uses the lighting and the colors it conveys something a lot more mm. you know where aquaman lives it's a beautiful like let's say scandinavian seascape mm-hmm. but it looks legitimately freezing cold it yes. looks legitimately dangerous it does when aquaman does thing where like he drinks the whiskey and throws the bottle down oh, and storms to the sea like you that know that scene was so great you know he's like this cool tough guy because yeah. he's walking headfirst into just chaos the, that the was such scene. a watchman scene yeah that was very much of a watchman scene and there was like a few touches of nick cave I heard in the movie as well. I don't know Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Um, I'm a, Nick Cave. He does like a lot of music. He's a musician. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I, it's one of those people who like I know of. To me, he's one of those people who like if you're into music, mm. you're into like that sort of. Yeah, stuff. he's very eclectic um, yeah. as a musician and art as well. I think he was. He had like three songs in, in this, the movie. Oh, yeah, that was him on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He had three of them. Like, if you had heard a male singing, that was pretty yeah. much Nick okay. Cave. And that scene, Nick Cave just came on. Mm. Aquaman took the bottle and just like walked out into the pier. And I was like, yeah. yes, I'm all about this. That was really great. Because then also he used a Nick Cave song when um, they were panning into London mm. and the London Bridge had um the, the superman flag superman flag yeah. also a dark superman flag yeah as well which kind of foreshadowed mm-hmm. with the suit in a way but i guess they're also mourning for him but yeah yeah it was a and the one scene that i really wanted i know i jump around a lot but one scene i really wanted a little bit more of was the walking of the bank scene when the guy first initially came in and the music was coming in people mm. were just like running around screaming and then the camera just panned, panned up. To, to where you had Wonder Woman standing on the statue? No, not to her standing on the statue. This is I'm talking about like the initial buildup of the bank scene. Oh, yeah. you don't, there's no Wonder Woman yet. And the guy comes in mm-hmm. and he's walking with his briefcase about to destroy the world. And the paper's falling everywhere. Yeah. I love paper falling. It, it always conveys a real sense of chaos. Yeah, and it was only for a second. I said, no, yeah. give me more paper falling. So I wanted more of that, but it was okay. And you can also tell that scene was filmed in 2016 because the bad guy was from Game of Thrones. Oh, was he? Yeah, it was Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones. Ah, never seen Game of Thrones? Don't waste your time. Thank you. Okay, cool. You're the only person that's just like, what? Yeah. Okay. I I would give this movie, in my standards, a 7. Out of 10? Yeah. Like on 10 point scale? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably give a close 6, 7. Yeah. In the sense of, because I mean, we have to explain our scales on this to me like a five is like what's a five movie for you i mean like you know because we have a 10 point scale but yeah five is right in the middle five is like okay not bad satisfactory yeah. i'll watch mm. this again 10 is like john ford movies one is like harmony korean movies mm. he's not all bad who he is he's, not all um, bad. he's a bit weird but okay um uh, okay well will i watch this again four hours yeah it's an ask oh gosh i would give it a maybe I'd probably watch it again when it comes to when they eventually get around to releasing the next yeah, one. Yeah, I would I would watch it again after doing some extensive research on the DC Universe for this storyline. Actually, they are releasing another version, a black and white version. So I might watch it again in black and oh. white. Oh. Mm. Black and white? Yeah. It seems slightly unnecessary. Uh, yeah. It just kind of 
trying to get that moolah. Yeah. Um, black and white? Mm. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. When I say I'll watch it again, I might watch some of it in black and white. Yeah, probably like certain scenes I would enjoy to watch. Like yeah. I would enjoy watching in black and white. But the entire thing? Ah, that's not... Black and white's not for that. Mm. That's not... Yeah, it seems a little too grand to go to black and white. Because, mm. I mean, when you think about it, I don't want to go all the way back. But you think of The Wizard of Oz. The whole grandeur of that was, okay, normal world is sepia-toned. Yeah. Then we have Oz, which is all these wild colours. Right, yeah. You have these fantastic characters, a conflict on a global scale. I don't think black and white really suits it, particularly when... Snyder isn't so focused on these are goodies, these are baddies. It, it doesn't seem right. I mean, he's a stylist. I'm sure he'll do something interesting with yeah. it. I just don't think it's the correct choice. Like, what perhaps. kind of black and white are we talking mm. about? Because you don't really get a lot of black and white movies. Like, the most recent one was Malcolm and Marie, which was, that was a doozy of a movie. But you don't really get action black and white movies because it's not, that's not for that. Yeah. I don't think. But certain scenes would be beautiful in black and white, which I'm okay with. What's your scale? What do you what do you think? Yeah, I put this somewhere around six or seven. Six in, or seven. In the sense of it feels a bit too unfocused for me. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's definitely the probably the worst of the Snyder movies in the sense of you Man of Steel, Batman v Superman are very directed. Um this seems a little unfocused, but mm. at its best. It is at its best. It is at its best, yes. You know, I'd, I'd almost be willing to say, like, at its best, it's Snyder's best. At its worst, it's Snyder's worst. Yeah, it's not... I would say it's Snyder's best. What is Snyder's best to you? Watchmen. Watchmen, the, yes. Yeah, full, yes. The full-on yes. version. Yes, I love me some Watchmen. That movie is great. Although I must admit, I've seen 300, like, 10 times. <laughs> one, of the, one of the very first films I remember getting on, like, DVD and just watching, like, over and over. Because that was such a big movie when it came out. Yeah. Like, everybody was like... 300 this mm. is Sparta that kick yeah. is legendary yeah. but that was straight off the comic book which is Snyder's thing Yeah. do you think Snyder should continue doing comic book movies do you think that is his niche do you know what I want him to do what do you want him to do anime movies do you know what I want Zack Snyder's Attack on Titan Attack on Titan think about it just these massive guys just destroying a city <laughs> very life or death people getting munched a lot of, like, cult discussion. I mean, I'm thinking more, like, season one Okay, stuff. like, the first before everything got really weird. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I think that would suit him more. This is a... That's the thing. Because there are consequences to the actions, mm. it's a lot more anime than comic book. Yeah. You know, you even think, I'll say, like, Dragon Ball Z, when they beat Frieza, Frieza's just gone. You know, it isn't like where they beat Joker, or here he is ten years later. You know, it's... Mm. I feel like he has more anime tendencies, perhaps than he, he even himself was willing to admit. Yeah. Um, so I would like send him a letter. Yeah, I'd love to send him a letter and be like, uh, yeah. "Attack on Titan." Yeah, <laughs> do just, it. Just a box set of the DVDs. Yeah. Like, do it. Just do it on a post-it yeah. note. Put it on. Send it to. I think out. you might enjoy I this, Mister Snyder. Yes, Mister Snyder. Watch this. See yeah. what you think. I think I think he's okay with comic book movies, mm. especially the ones that have big stories. But because three hundred is not really a big story, that's just like a one yeah. one shot deal. But things like Watchmen. Which are huge. I mean, to be fair, when we talk about comic book movies, go on. Akira! He should do a live action of Akira. Have you never seen Akira? I have. I think that's quite good. Yeah. That is... It's not that... Although, like, the only thing is there's a lot of like mythology and stuff to unpack, and he's not the best at the exposition stuff. Very true. Mm. But the sense of scale that he yeah, could do towards would, the end that would, would be... be 
Okay, so we're sitting in Attack on Titan yeah. and Akira posted notes. We're just sending him a Crunchyroll subscription. Yeah. And he's just being like, just, <laughs> here's the login. Just, just have a just look around. Watch it. Yeah. Okay, fair. All right. Yeah, Akira. That would be so cool. But I think I, I was just going to say, I want to cut you off, is mm. that we talk about like comic book movies and stuff. Snyder's films are the only ones that feel like comic book movies in the sense that they feel like he's taking frames from the comic book. Yeah. He's doing a lot of the characters earnestly, things like that. The Marvel side of things, like, what separates them from Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean, Bad Boys, just these other, like, big action comedy movies of the past 10, mm. 20 years? It's, there isn't much to it. I would just say because it's just Marvel. Like, I know that's very simple to say, but, I like, people know Marvel, people know... But yeah, but the people know Marvel because they are the movies now. But, for example, there's nothing that particularly separates um, Captain America Winter Soldier from, like, I don't know, Swordfish. Do you remember Swordfish? I don't... The Hugh Jackman, John Travolta movie from about 2002-ish? No, I've never seen it. In the sense that's just, like, ensemble action comedy. I mean... Winter Soldier is not an action comedy. What is it, then? It's a... It's one of those, like, very great action one, because that's when they reveal Hydra and everything like that. Yeah, but it's... They are very bad at making, like, the things seem serious. Okay. All right. Are you... You're going to have to watch at least one of them past Avengers, because Winter Soldier is after Avengers. Yeah, so I... So that's the thing. I watched them all up to Avengers. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I believe I only watched... Winter Soldier and Iron Man 3, the good one. Yeah. Uh, the good that, one. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I went to see Age of Ultron because I had like a day That's off or something. One. And I was just like, you know what? That is the worst one. My instincts for... I, I, rem- I This is a really obscure thing. I remember like, the exact moment of I was sitting about two-thirds of the way back in the Odeon Cinema in mm-hmm. Magal, my hometown watching the first Avengers mm-hmm. and I remember the cringe that went from my toes to my head and back down at the puny god punchline at the end and so I just remember just being like you can't see I'm putting my head in my hands <laughs> and, was, and I just had a feeling of like they spent so much money so much time so much effort creating these films and then they aren't even brave enough to have, like, a punchline. They turn it into a joke. They aren't even brave enough to have, like, an actual climax. They play it off as a joke. And it's just like, oh, well, here we go. This is it from now on. Everything is a joke. Nothing is serious. The whole world's getting blown up. There's aliens coming to attack. But I'm eating shawarma. You know what I mean? It's like, who cares? This is... <laughs> it's TV. It's TV on a... It's TV on a grand scale. Oh, the hate that you have for Marvel... Is, the, th- the thing is, it isn't hate to them. Yes, it's hate for what they've done to the uh, landscape because okay. right. they're Fair so enough. like they're such like nondescript movies. Like when I was trying to come up with like the comparison, I ended up going to Swordfish. It's so long ago that I remember watching mm. it. I'm trying to think of like the other just kind of really generic in between. Like you know, do you remember like Sahara with Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Oh gosh. It's that kind of filmmaking which never used to be a big deal, right. but now it's the only filmmaking you get. That's the sign of the times. Yeah. So, which is disappointing. The decaying corpse of Holland um, cinema. Uh, so sad. Give us good stuff, guys. Um, but yeah, anything else? I think it's time to... Yeah, it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, give our final thoughts. Yeah, then. final thoughts. I will maybe watch this movie again. Thank you, Josh, for forcing me to watch this movie. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> 
forcing people to watch Zack Snyder movies yeah. is part of my thing. I mean, the last one, like I said earlier, was The Watchmen. Well, not The Watchmen, just Watchmen. And I'll have to say this was a nice little, like, oh, okay, yeah, I actually do enjoy Zack Snyder. He's great. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Zack Snyder, for, you know, taking this task on and giving people in quarantine something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited for Army of the... Army of the Dead? See, perhaps we shouldn't get into it right now. But the one... The, the, uh, <laughs> the one thing I have absolutely zero tolerance for is zombies. So, for example, I've seen every Zack Snyder movie, including the um, Michael Jordan's Playground, the NBA highlight video he made with Michael Jordan right. in 1990. Yeah. I have not seen his Dawn of the Dead. You've never... Oh. Because I cannot get interested in anything with a zombie in it. I love zombies. Besides, <laughs> for the Resident Evil movies. You, we did talk about this before. Yeah, you do enjoy the Resident Evil movies. Because they are so unconcerned with what the zombies are, it becomes something else entirely. Exactly. So, what are your final thoughts on I, the Snyder Cut? I am very pleased it exists as a mm. cultural object. Mm. I wish it was more streamlined, but I just appreciate seeing this kind of money, this kind of budget, this kind of scale, done by an actual auteur who knows what he's doing. Yes, exactly. And I truly hope that this sends a signal to Warner Brothers, to... to any production company. Yes, to yeah. anyone who has the money, who has the time, yeah. to start making more individual, more unique movies like this. Mm. You know, you watch five seconds of this, you know who it is. Yeah. You don't really get that much these days. So I truly hope this is a step in the right direction. I hope just on a corporate level, Warner Brothers have learned this is what the fan base will demand in the future. Mm. So go in that direction. As a film, it's just the best of a pretty pretty underdeveloped genre. Mm. But I still enjoyed it quite a bit. And I look forward to what Snyder and co. do next. And speaking of what's happening next, I believe our next episode is... Godzilla and King Kong. Godzilla! Yes, I am so excited. I'm so excited. See, I'm not. I, so yeah. You were excited for this one. Yes. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Godzilla. I love Godzilla. We'll get into that. We'll get into that in the later. Next episode. So I'll just say, stop doubting your directors and their art. Like, stop doing that. Let them do their work. Yes, yes. Let, let art thrive. Yes, let art thrive. Let, you know, they want to be weird. Let them be weird. People enjoy that. Yeah. So that's pretty much, that's my last note. And my last note is, if you've ever seen what Zack Snyder looks like, use that as your goal. In the, in the, <laughs> that's what I go to the gym for. So one day, when I am a father of nine or ten, however many kids he has, the dad bod I have is... They can say, he isn't jacked, he's zacked. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're going to end with there. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to end the, our first episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.